Welcome to the Girl Power Alliance podcast, where you're going to meet and hear from some inspiring women with incredible stories who are leading in business and in faith. We are on a mission to impact the world by empowering women to dream bigger through kingdom-minded mentoring and leadership. This is where women grow. Welcome back to another episode of the Girl Power Alliance podcast. I'm super excited for my guest today because her story, first of all, is interesting and what she has is so desperately needed in the world right now. Let me tell you a little bit about Joy. First of all, she is a Christian divorce coach and I'll let her tell you what most people say about that. She is a yoga instructor through Yoga Faith. My Our amazing friends, Derek and Michelle Thielen, who are also speaking at Activate and just, we love them. Um, and this does not look like your typical police officer, but she has been a police officer for 30 years. So let me just start by saying thank you for your service. Thank you thank so you much for much. your service. She is a mother of two and has a, a, just a very interesting story. And I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Welcome, Joy. Thank you very much. I'm really excited to be here. Um, so, okay, let's let's start at the beginning. You have mm-hmm. uh, you have been a police officer for 30 years. Um, how, like, let's, do you want to just talk a little bit about that? Like where in law enforcement have you been? How has your faith impacted that at such a, I feel like it's a tumultuous time to be a police officer. Maybe I'm just naive. Um, so I would love to hear a little about that. Yeah, I, I have been a police officer for 30 years this year, um, started back in 1992. I always tell people, you know, I started when I was 12 because, um, you have to be 21 really to enter the Academy. And if you do the math, I just really hate when people start adding up all that time, (laughs) but, um, yeah, so I, I work right outside of DC in Montgomery County, Maryland. And, uh, I, you know, I was a patrol officer for several years and now I do community outreach and I've been doing that for about the past 15 that's awesome. That's awesome. Did you, did, I'm certain it must, your faith must have impacted your, that part of your life as an officer. Oh, definitely. Um, you know, and I do have to say, I, I feel really blessed that we have a lot of officers who are Christian, who, mm-hmm. um, do share their faith and, you know, really kind of step out there with their faith in their jobs. So, uh, you know, and amongst each other as well, well as within the community. So it's really nice to know that I'm on top of it, uh, being surrounded by people of the same faith. That's really awesome. And I feel like it's such a, that is a very taxing profession. Um, you see kind of sadly so so much of the worst of human behavior. So to be surrounded by people like that, where, you know, you have that common thread where you can pray with and for each other. I'm sure that that's, that's been a sustaining a sustaining thing for you. I would imagine. I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not in law enforcement, but I know so many that are, and it's just been a rough, I think it always was rough. And it seemed like the last couple of years have even been harder on you guys. It's definitely been harder. Um, you know, and I, prior to all of this pandemic and everything starting, I had already turned in my paperwork that I was retiring at the end of this year. Um, so it's coincidental that I'm leaving, but part of me is like, you know what, that part of my journey is over. Um, I, I'm ready to step into something else and something new and something completely unrelated and fresh and new to me. I'm excited to hear about that. So um, I originally said your fir- the first thing about you was that you are a Christian divorce coach. So what does everybody say about that when they hear it? 
Oh my gosh. It's, it's such an oxymoron, right? Because the, the Christian community should be holding true to those vows and should be staying together through thick and thin. And then you hear Christian divorce and, and you think, well, you know, what am I supposed to believe in now? Like if people aren't staying together, how is, how do those two things kind of coincide and and how do we really um, reconcile that, that Christian divorce? And it's really hard. And some of the churches really step up to it. Um, I've heard from a lot of women where they're, they don't get the support from their church or from um, the women and men in the congregation. And it's, and it's hard. It's that time that they're stressing and they need that extra support. It's really true. And I I've said this often that the, the big C church, the church community as a whole, I think we do it wrong. Like we have, we do a bad job at walking alongside of people through the real things. Like, um, I just interviewed a woman who she helps women out of post-traumatic abortion trauma. And, you know, that's another one of those things. Like I always say, there's this little box of topics that we're allowed to talk about as Christians. And the moment that you go outside of that box, people just get the Christian community in particular, get so uncomfortable. But the fact of the matter is the divorce rate is what it is. And people des and, you know, here's my opinion. The, the Bible says, and people will use it over and over, you know, God hates divorce, but, but he doesn't hate the people. He, he, and is that what he actually said in the original context? I'd have to look it up because I don't know if the word hate was what he used, but God knows the the ramifications that they are lifelong. I'm divorced that I'm, and it's been many like decades and the ramifications still impact me and my children's lives. So if God didn't want it, it's because of that. Not because he like was sentencing people to these horrific uh, unions that maybe should have never happened in the first place. So there's my two cents. I'm not a divorce coach. So I would love to hear kind of how you got started and really how you felt called into this. Yeah, you know, it all started with my yoga faith journey um, right after I was getting uh, separated and getting divorced. Um, when I was when I was married, uh, I wasn't permitted, allowed. You know, the budget didn't allow for uh, yoga retreats or yoga trainings and those kind of things. And uh, I had always seen the ad for yoga faith in the back of the Yoga Journal magazine. And I said, you know what? Um, if I ever get an opportunity, this would be this is where I would feel aligned is in that Christian training. And sure enough, that was the first thing I did when I got separated was I signed up for the training. And then it morphed kind of into this, well, you know, I'm really feeling comfortable helping people embody mind. And I really want to start kind of reaching out a little bit more in being able to offer that holistic approach, that complete holistic approach. So what I ended up doing was getting certifications in um, life training, resilience um, certifications, because I really want to be able to help people through those hard times. And as I was working through that, I was like, you know what? I love the yoga, but that's kind of taking a little bit of a backseat. I really feel called and compelled to work with people who are going through, you know, life's tough problems. And it just kept being um, honed in and, and coming into this divorce. First, it was the divorce. And then I was like, you know, I was seeing the people who weren't getting that support in the Christian community. So I said, you know what? I think you know, these are my people. And I think I really just need to reach out and really be of service to this community because I think they they're underserved. I would agree with you. Um, and I'm sure you have some incredible, um, you know, stories of people that you have worked with and 
the traumas that we, we actually bring all this trauma with us into everything we do, right. Into parenthood, into marriage. And, you know, sadly, so many relationships were doomed before they started because of these things that you don't resolve. So after the fact, you know, working with somebody and healing that stuff, so you don't take it into the next round, the next relationship, if you decide to get, you know, have another relationship. Exactly. You know, and it's, it's, you know, for a lot of these women, it was the first time that they're on their own again, they're paying their bills, they're, you know, running the kids around solo, they're doing all of these things by themselves. And it really takes a hit on your confidence as well. Um, that can I do this? Can I afford this? Um, it, you know, past that breakdown part, really stepping into that ownership of your next phase. And so I just love finding how women work their way through this confidence and really come out that other side, just so much better. And so much, um, you know, standing on that solid ground and being able to move forward, like you're saying, confidently enough to do they want to go into another dating situation? Do they want to reach out and, and, you know, try other relationships? Um, so it just, is uh, it's wonderful to be able to see people work through the programs. How long have you been doing that? So the divorce coaching I've been doing for about two years. Wow. Um, the yoga was uh, a few years prior to that. That's awesome. And as you step into this final year in law enforcement and you're like, what is your, what is your plan to be moving into that field full-time? Yeah, definitely. I want to move into the um, coaching full-time. Um, you know, just because now I have the time to be of more service to pe more people. So yeah. it will be my full-time step. What, so what programs do you offer? Do you do group coaching one-to-one -one? explain a little bit so that anybody listening will know exactly kind of what they're getting? Sure. Um, I do a one-on-one -on -one coaching program, uh, right now and it's, you know, via zoom or phone, but I'm stepping in and offering a group coaching program this spring. So the group coaching is like a 12 week program with modules that they go through. And then we would meet weekly as a group because what I was finding was it's great if I can talk one-on-one -on -one with somebody, but when they're getting the support of a bigger community, when they're able to hear maybe somebody else's story and go, you know what? I was feeling the same way. I'm not alone. It's yes. not just me. They can step into this and feel just hopefully that embrace of the other women in this group and be able to find that comfort and support. True fellowship is what it is. It's true fellowship Completely. and camaraderie and knowing like, I'm not a weirdo. Like all these other women are saying the same thing that I felt. Very true. I am not a weirdo. <laughs> I, all of us are there together. <laughs> right. We're all weirdos. <laughs> um, well, I was divorced. I got divorced at a very young age by the time I was 21. And I was a single mom for six years. And I will tell you that I just kind of felt and I know this probably is true specifically because you're coaching with Christian women. I just felt like, you know what? I broke that. I, I I initiated the divorce. I broke that covenant. I broke that bond. I'm never like, I'm not going to ever have somebody again because I disappointed God and I don't deserve it. And um, so I'm just destined to be alone. And I was sad about it, but I kind of just resigned myself to the fact that, well, you know, here I, I here I was all of my early twenties, but I was real. I really believed that I was like, well, you know, I, this is what I deserve because I broke this covenant. You know, and it's funny because I thought the same thing myself. And what was interesting is when I was going through my divorce, I ended up stepping away from the church for that yeah. first year in, in my divorce process. And I made some horrible decisions. I mean, just yep. self-sabotaging yep. decisions. 
Um, and then I ended up in this severe depression, um, you know, really becoming suicidal at one point. And when you can sit there and say, you know, I, I didn't, I had, you know, one night I'm sobbing and I've got, um, bottles of pills and a handgun in my bed, you know, just sobbing. Um, and then I come to the realization that, wait a minute, there's, there's something better, you know, like I have to get past this point and, um, really just getting my feet back under me, going back into church. And what I found is even though I grew up in the church, I had done the religious part. I had done the churching. I had done the church school. I had done all of those things. But what I came to on the other end was it's a relationship. And it was that relationship. And I was that prodigal daughter who came back and was loved and accepted. And so we're not being pushed away. We're being brought back in. And if this is that hard process for some people to find that reconnection, then that may be, you know, part of your story and that, you know, the message in all of that mess that you're going through. And I think it's, it's kind of interesting. Like if you go back into Jesus lineage, right, he's got murderers, adulterers, prostitutes, all of it. And and that's the line he comes from. I don't think that he's going to disown me over a divorce when all of these other things are out there that he, you know, I think that this is a, an ideal time for redemption and healing and just coming back in again to that reconnection. Um, so that's where I really try to find that God given identity and making women understand that this is your identity in him, not I'm divorced. I'm a single mom. I'm chosen. I'm redeemed. I'm, you know, the son of the living God or the daughter of the living God, um, that we're able to step into that next phase. Yeah. I, you know, at the time I thought it was people in the church that were making me uncomfortable, but looking back, I don't know if that was true. It might very well may have been my own guilt, shame, you know, feeling disappointed in myself that I was like projecting that on all these people. So I never even opened the door for the church to walk alongside me during those years. I just said, I'm that person now. So you're all looking at me funny and I'm not coming anymore. And I will have no way of knowing whether that was true. Maybe they were, maybe they weren't. I don't know. Um, But I think that there has been kind of a, um, there, there is like chains falling off of so many in the body of Christ where this religious stuff that you talked about that for sure us probably, but for sure our parents, that's how they were raised in the church. It's definitely very legalistic, very like black and white. It's either this or this, you know, basically you're never going to, you're, you were born a broken sinner. You're going to be a broken sinner. You have to live this way. And if you don't do these things, then you're doomed to, you know, and, and I believe that we are in general, we like the collective, we are really, really having this, um, new view, which is not new. But it's because the enemy wanted us to believe that God was just this mean, scary guy that like, he's just waiting, waiting, watching like, oh, you screwed up. Boom. Now you're going to have to deal with the consequences. And as a parent myself, I have really come to understand and to get to know the Lord in such a different context as that, because, you know, I have three children, they're all three adults and they have, you know, done things that I was like, oh man, 
that was not, that was not the greatest thing that you should do. Or, you know, I mean, just a number of things not to call them out, you know, but just things that have happened. But anytime that something happened, I didn't disown them. I didn't not love them. I didn't look at them differently. I I maybe even loved them more because I felt bad for the decision that they had made and the consequence that they were going to have to pay as a result of the decision. I never shut my door to them, closed them off, cut them off. I mean, and I, what do we know about our God? He loves them and us more than we can fathom. So this view that has been created, I think over decades, you know, centuries even, that God is just up there with his, you know, mighty like sword and lightning bolt waiting to strike us down. I believe that that was a design of the enemy to keep people from true connection with this loving God that wants to wrap his arms around us in the midst of the worst stuff and say, listen, I love you. Like I knew you were going to do this before you were even born. Like I already knew, and I still loved you. Most definitely. I think that we just, um, you know, instead of feeling that shame and guilt, we really need to lean in instead of stepping away, you know, like diving into that pool and knowing that we're going to be saved and that, you know, diving into to him is going to give us um, that uh, part of it that we need, not stepping away, not not walking away from him like so many of us are apt to do because of that guilt and that shame because like you're saying the legalistic way has that's always that what's been regimented into us it's always what's um you know been there behind the scenes and i mean i grew up in a church with hellfire and brimstones i mean there was you know there was pounding on pulpits and there was you know you never wanted to sit in the first, first row or two cuz it it got you got that sunday morning shower um so it's just hysterical like that all of this is that wasn't being taught and that wasn't, you know, it was very obedience minded, which is great. And I'm not saying to take away the obedience and I'm saying that there aren't consequences, but what I'm saying is on that other side, like you're saying, he's waiting with those open and loving arms to draw us back in. And again, my story, I found that I came back into such a better relationship and such a deeper understanding um, that that's something I never want to let go of again. And I'm hoping again, to be able to bring that forward to others. I know you're doing it and it's so important. So if somebody's listening or watching, because it could be watching on our YouTube channel, um, don't worry, everything she's about to share will all be in the show notes. So you don't have to take notes. You can um, just go right below in the video or um, just click on the show notes of the podcast, but tell people like, how can they find you social media websites, all of the things, how can they connect with you? Sure. Um, social media, uh, I'm on Instagram. That's pretty much where I hang out the most. Um, and that's at divorce underscore confidant. And then the website is divorce hyphen confidant.com. So if you just you know, you can find me a couple of different ways, but uh, Instagram is, is kind of the place that I'm, I'm hanging out the most. Awesome. Well, um, I just want to say thank you for what you're doing. It really matters. I mean, it really, really matters. I know it matters to the people that you've already worked with, and I know it matters to the people that are yet to come and um, keep going. And I'm excited for you in this next phase. I know it's still early in the year, but it's going to go by so fast and you're going to be fully standing in this. And I have a feeling joy that it's even bigger and more than what you think it is. I mean, isn't that how God works? Like as you take these steps, you think it's one thing, but he had, you know, bigger and better plans. So I'm excited for you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thanks for being here today. Thanks so much. 
I am so sad that we actually need divorce coaches, but I'm so happy that we have them. Such a difficult time to get through. And with the help and support of people like Joy, it can just speed up the process of healing and help people to not take those broken pieces into the next relationship if they choose to have one. Hey, guess what? Activate is literally a week away. Are you coming? Are you joining us in Dallas, Texas? Because we have some amazing things happening. Announcements being made, chains are being broken, lives are being changed. Head over to activatewomen.live now and get your ticket. I know it's last minute, but I promise you it'll be worth it. God is doing a new thing in your life, in the kingdom, and you need to be at Activate to experience it all. We can't wait to see you in Dallas.